Recorded live in Balcata, Western Australia, the hoon capital of the world, this is Talking Power. Gap is what happens uh, when you hold to the floor and crush the man next to you. There's space in between your back bumper and your front bumper. We, uh, in the South, we refer to it as the Gap Band. Well, I think, you know, Formula One is for grown-ups. It's the Talk and Power podcast. We are up to episode 29. I am Nick DiCembre and I am with Simon Gonzo Travellini. How hey, are you, mate? Good, mate. Good. How's your week? Oh, it was, it's been awesome, actually. Has been it? really good. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's yeah. great. It's always good. I've got a bit of a spring in my step whenever your footy team has a has a winner oh, with the, the local. God, really? Town South. You know what? Mm. I did not have a clue who won the derby. Oh, I'll tell you. The Eagles. Well, it's pretty obvious. Mm. You just gave it away. Yeah. Just gave it away. Yeah, so, so it's no, a du- was... double whammy for the Dockers harassment and yeah. losing the uh, <laughs> the inaugural uh, Optus Stadium or Perth Stadium Derby. Mm, yeah, Derby. Yep, yep. But that's all right. They'll they'll bounce back. The Dockers. They'll be right. So the big controversy was uh, the medal. Did they give? Yeah. So this year, as coincidence would have it. <clears throat> There was um, it was handed out to Shannon Hearn and to Lockie Neal. So, oh, mm, double yeah, header. Was, yeah, yeah. The the votes were drawn. Drawn. I was watching the video. I'm doing inverted commas with my Dra- fingers. <laughs> when you say they were drawn, did it involve a pen? Mm, yeah. <laughs> well, so the committee couldn't split the the two, so it was um, split. Did, did way, I have but, a count back? Like you know. I'm not sure. And you know what? At the end of the day, I've, rumor has it that Ross Glendinning picks who he wants. If he doesn't agree with it, he changes his mind anyway. So um, anyway, good on oh. Ross. All right. So speaking of rumors, mm. the Motorplex. Yes. Oh, big rumors. Oh, big yeah. Big rumors. So the latest that I've I've heard, mm. and I can't disclose my sources. Yep. Oh, no, you're protected ju- by... Journalistic privilege. You're protected by your journalist privileges. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, um, so the word is mm. that they have a serious offer on the table, but the problem is there's so many conditions associated with uh, doing the deal. Like from the government's part, they've said these are the conditions that you need to meet. That the entity, let's call it an entity, mm. has said, nah, if we buy it, we want to do what we want. Yep. Right. Now, what they want to do, okay is they want to get rid of the speedway track. Mm, yep. Okay, they want to level that. They want to level part of that hill because apparently it's quite a large mm. lot of land and they want to put a circuit track in. I think you, you mentioned this in the last podcast. Oh, did you? I? Yeah, yeah, Did yeah. I? Okay. Yeah, yep. Well, oh, the Wanneroo Times the Wanneroo, <laughs> is coming armed with... <laughs> this is an exceptional is a, source of information. This is a real hands-on <laughs> visual podcast. My apologies for those... 
do a traditional podcast. The, the, so, so the thing was whether it, I mentioned it or not that uh, the state government and and you know I want to put the challenge out here. I'm going to call out Mark McGowan. Mm. I'm calling out Mark McGowan because if you shut the motorplex, right, as you have stated mm. behind closed doors, right, not so it's going to run one more season. Yeah. So we're going to finish this one up one more after this. If no one takes it up with all the conditions associated with it, they're shutting the doors because, mm. you know, the state government can't afford it. All the other bullshit these idiots are paying for, they can't afford to keep that place open. And that place can actually make money. That's right. right? Yep. Anyway, so I'm, I'm calling him out. I'm going to move to Quinana or get an office in Quinana. I'm going to run against him in the next election. So everyone out there, you've no, got to back the guns. Rockingham, Quinana, it's all the same. It's all the same. <laughs> <laughs> right, because I reckon there's more bogans down there that want to keep the motorplex open, okay, than for anywhere sure, else. For sure, yeah. So McGowan, in real sh- jeopardy of losing his seat if that's the case. I reckon he would be, but mm. I mean, you know, there's all these goody two shoes as well that reckon that whatever it's bad, safety bay, safety bay down that way. Oh, I think even down in um, there's a, there's a section. Uh, that runs right along the coast of, of Rockingham. Very, very nice section. Yeah, very yeah. expensive now. Mm, yeah. Anyway, so getting back to this, the WA Sporting, this is obviously credible because it's the Wanneroo Times and everyone knows that everything that comes out of Wanneroo is credible. Oh, that's the News <laughs> Limited. Uh, so, no, we, we take their word for, we, we take it with a bit of authority. With a bit of authority. Yeah, it's the News Limited. Salt. What's the name? <laughs> Rupert owns that. Rupert. So, uh, the WA Sporting Car Club says a longer lease for the Wanneroo Raceway site will enable it to invest in upgrades as it gears up to celebrate its 50th anniversary. Okay, so they're, they're suggesting, right, that they're going to get this 10-year lease. It's actually stated here somewhere that um, that's what they're looking at. They're looking at a 10-year... A here we go. Uh, the chief executive, sorry, the Tata Wannery Council recently agreed to surrender the existing lease for a 60, for 60 hectares of the Waddle Avenue site in uh, Nirumbup and authorised the chief executive to enter negotiations. <laughs> this is the key word, negotiations, with the club for a new 10-year lease. So they haven't got this lease yet. Yeah, okay. That's it's it's not, not set in concrete. Yeah. Negotiations means that it's not set in concrete. And we all know that with the government, you know, I mean, we were being budget conscious, yep. focused, we're going to get rid of this, we're going to get rid of this uh, uh, deficit, right? Mm. That's what, uh, except if it's an election year, <laughs> we're going to spend big. Where did we do badly? WA would spend heaps there. There's a Labor government in there. We want to make sure we win their votes. So we know that the governments are all full of shit at every level. So till these guys have got it and the ink is dry and it's been written in such a manner that it's protected, because you know what's going to happen. The housing's just about on top of the joint. Yeah, right? it's getting close. Yeah. It's getting ridiculously close. So this is interesting. It's interesting. Obviously, if they get the lease then they're not going to want competition, mm. right? Especially with a company that's going to throw literally hundreds of millions of dollars to, you know, make yeah. a Hollywood place. But if they if they don't, you can see the writing on the wall. Mm. It's going to happen. So anyway, I just thought I'd... Um, no, that's a good good way to kick off the, the podcast, to well, be honest. Well, on, on the other... On, while we're on the, mm. the Mark McGowan bad decisions, right? Yep. 
for those of you that follow the real estate market, you'd know that in the last three months, uh, WA's hit another 4% drop in mm. average house prices. This hasn't affected the really expensive houses. They're actually getting more expensive. Yeah, I've seen that. This yep. has affected the middle of the road. And he just announced today that, and, and this breaks my heart, it breaks my heart. Belmont Park, mm. right? Where the old burnout pad, where we used to have the Western Nationals car show. Oh, right? yes, yeah. Right? It's going to be all, all apartments. Oh. I know. Like, that's what we need. More apartments. We need more burnout pads. It's <laughs> obvious. You're an idiot, McGowan. You're an idiot. And once again, Asian investors, you yeah. know. So they got this plan that they're going to... Well, apparently, the population of Perth by 2040... Okay, it's only what twenty-two years away. It's going to be five million. Mm. We're going to double. Yeah. All right. I don't know if you've noticed, Mark, but people are leaving WA. That's why the housing price is down, and most of the places in the city are, are owned by Chinese investors, and they're vacant anyway. Mm. So they're not even on the the uh, uh, market for lease yeah. or, or for sale, or you know. So yeah. More burnout pads, mate. Leave the burnout pad there at Belmont Park. That's what you should be doing. You should be reinstating it. It should be Speedway Track 2, seeing as you're going to have to get rid of the one in Quinana. So, anyway. Speaking of China and Chinese investment, we had the China... We've had two Formula One races since mate, our last podcast. how good's China. Formula One been? It has been awesome. It's... I've really enjoyed my Formula One in the last two races. So, we'll just cover off on China first. So, the China race, Daniel Ricciardo... I just want to close off on a couple of points here. Made six, sorry, three passes on the last six laps. They Mate, were Lewis Hamilton, Sebastian Vettel, and Valtteri Bottas. He was going hell for yeah, leather. Yeah. He, yeah. he proved himself. He, he is one of those. He's in the top three. There's knaves or butts. Knaves yeah. or butts. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now this has had, this has had a, a roll-on effect. Mm. Well, I'll let you... Yeah, no, I was just going to say, I mean, the talking point... Probably out of that race was Verstappen taking out Vettel on lap 43. Luckily, both of them were able to keep continue on. But Max took himself out of a podium uh, contention there, and 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 obviously Sebastian as well. So and got a 10 second penalty as well for that. Um, it was a bit disappointed to see Brendan Hartley get taken out by his teammate uh, Pierre Gasly in the Toro Rossos. Yeah, now this seems to be a. <laughs> Ongoing. It must be something with the Toro Rosso Red Bull. Well, it was qualifying at the next race, yeah? Yeah. Nearly had a 300-kilometer-an-hour incident. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. an honorable mention to Lance Stroll as well. He passed six cars on the first lap. That's It was a really awesome visual. You can go on YouTube and watch that, actually, in in-car footage from Lance Stroll's car. And mate, at the end of the race, we got to see the shoey. We got some memorable quotes out of. We got of, uh, some awesome quotes out of that. <laughs> out, of, out of Daniel, <laughs> Holy Testicle Tuesday, and lick the stamp and send it. But that was that's going to be one of my favourites, I reckon. So yeah, look, given that Daniel had a turbocharger failure during during uh, practice, um, it was still a good result for him. Was there any penalties associated with no, that? No, 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 no. So we moved on to Baku two weeks later and we kind of had a role reversal there. We got Sebastian Vettel, uh, got pole position. He was two tenths quicker than Lewis, so the, the Ferraris were on. Uh, we had Mayhem at the start of the race with Kimi and Ocon colliding at the first corner and Alonso got caught up with Sergio. Um, that was kind of had a flow-on effect. There was a fair bit of debris on the track and I think caused a bit of drama right throughout the race. 
this war that erupted between the two Red Bull cars really started from from lap six and went right through to lap, I think, 43 or 39 or whatever, or lap 40, whenever they <coughs> came together. So we saw them banging wheels f- consistently through the race. Mate, this, this started in China, Yeah, right? At the end of that race, he's up for contract renewal, mm. okay? The rumour is that he's had offers from both Ferrari yep. and from Mercedes, mm-hmm. okay? He would have turned around and said, listen, but the reality is I'm the better driver. Yep. I've proven it time and time again, right? I can drive around this schmuck any day of the week. So you guys want me to stay, I've got to be the number one driver. Now, we've seen this before with this team, haven't we, with Weber, mm. right? He went through all of this crap. So I reckon that was the beginning of it because they would have told... You know, they would, yeah, they would have told Verstappen, listen, you know, there's going to be some changes. <laughs> you might become the number two driver, and he wouldn't have been happy about that. Well, look, I mean, Helmet, um, Marco, has always had the, the philosophy that... Look, I mean, they've, they've gone on to say that their philosophy is no team orders, but if we look back in Rubbish. history... Rubbish. That is flawed, Mate, that, that discussion. Weber, right, mm. was definitely 100% in championship contention, yep. and he had it taken out. Yep. By them, yeah, right, yep. and and he has got. There's no love lost there in him telling the story mm. about how it went down. Yeah, you know, yeah. So that's that's bullshit. The reality is that that team needs to make a decision, and and this is the thing. Like the obvious choice is Ferrari. Obviously, mm. we've been we've been banging that drum yeah. since before the podcast even existed. Mm, that's okay? right. Yeah. So that's the obvious choice. But what you've got to think as a driver, I mean, he's not young, mm. okay? So he's, he's only got a limited yeah. amount of years left. The rule changes. You've got the, the Yanks, the NASCAR boys there running the show. They want, they want it to be louder. Mm. They do. <laughs> right. So, you know, I don't know, GM might be fostering a team or something. <laughs> this one down an, south. An LS team. Yeah, an LS. LS powered for Sorry, an Ecotech. Yes, a team. <laughs> Ecotech. Nang, nang, nang. <laughs> anyway, they want it to be louder. They, all these rule changes. What he's got to think about is who is going to adapt to these new tr- rules mm. the quickest. Now, if you think about this, if you're Ferrari or your Mercedes, yes, you might have billions of dollars of, of uh, money available to you to develop these new combinations, right? But you're still stuck with the Ferrari engine or you're still stuck with the Mercedes, Mercedes engine. Yeah. Whereas Red Bull, they can go to whoever. Mm, yep. You know, so if they see that that engine's outperforming, they've got the option there to go, well, you know what? Like this new rule strategy, these guys seem to be a, a better engine supplier if you can negotiate a deal with them. Mm. But if you end up in a team and they just can't get it together, and we've seen that over the years, naturally aspirated, 10-cylinder, 8-cylinder, yeah. you know what I mean? Like some teams just get on top of it and they make it happen real fast. Mercedes did. Mm. They had a leapfrog, yeah. a massive leapfrog for a long time there. And you can argue, oh, well, Hamilton's a better driver. He had a better car, mm. you know what I mean? Regardless of whether he's a better driver or not, maybe he is, but he had a better car than everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. The power plant made more power, made better average power. It just worked better. The whole thing just worked together. So this is the thing Daniel's got to think about. Yeah. He's got to position himself in the ideal situation, mm. you know? So, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, we'd all like to see him uh, and I'm sure his his parents, his grandparents would would like to see him behind the wheel of Ferrari. It's yeah. a beautiful, be absolutely beautiful. 
Yeah, I mean, there's a certain romance to that story, but I think for that to happen, I can't see... Ferrari do play team orders, there's no doubt about it. I think Sebastian's got to go for that to happen. Oh, look, you don't know what's around the corner. I mean, you know, you don't know if the old school philosophy still exists. The mm. old school philosophy was if you had an Italian in the car, he was the number one yeah, driver, yeah. you know? So, I, I, I don't... I don't know. I don't know. It's uh, We're just going to have to wait and see. I think that this has actually made the championship even more exciting. I think it has too. Um, it's yeah, sad it's... that it, you know what happened to two cars coming together. Yeah, terrible. Um, you know, but it, it really uh, it's made us all go, okay, what's going to happen next? Mm, yeah, definitely. Anyway, the outcome of that race, we saw the two the two Red Bulls got together on lap forty. Now, since yesterday, last last night, um, the racing stewards from that race have uh, reprimanded both drivers and this was their statement both drivers contributed to the collision the, the driver of car 33 made two moves both which were relatively minor the driver of the number three car ricardo admitted he, he he left his move to the overtake on the left too late it was obvious to the stewards that although the incident had its origins in the moves by car 33 the driver of car three also contributed to the incident both drivers expressed regret about their respective contributions to the incident during the stewards' hearing. So that was overnight. So reprimand doesn't mean any points, doesn't mean any penalties. However, if they had to get three reprimands during the year, they will. So, mm. And I think they've been forced to apologise to Christian Horner and the rest of the team as well. And now you're going to force me to talk about V8 supercars. <laughs> I just wanted to touch quickly on Brendan Hartley. I know we've been talking about him a bit. He's a New Zealander, but he scored, he became the first New Zealander to score a Formula One point since 1976, which was Chris Ammon. So there you go. Some some interesting facts there. Also, eight podiums from Sergio Perez has made him the most successful Mexican driver. Was there another one? Uh, there was, and I don't don't know who it is, but yeah, there you go. You're going to have to get the research team onto that one, Nick. I will. I will. <laughs> V8 Supercars, Phillip Island. Oh, it was... Look, Scotty on, gloat about it. Got, gloat about the, it. You got the double header. You got the double header, <laughs> but there was a lot. Look, this, we won't, we won't uh, carry on too much about that. Um, the interesting thing that I took away from Phillip Island was team orders. We've just been finished talking about team orders. Perfectly legal in Formula One. However, in V8 supercars, highly illegal. And I will read the rules as they stand. It is not permitted for any sponsor, supplier, entity, related entity, including an automobile manufacturer, importer, or their representative to impose or seek to impose team orders on any team. Now, we can go through and read the transcripts, but it was fairly clear that Shane Van Gisbergen had thoughts well he wanted he felt that craig lowndes was faster than him so he got onto his team boss and said let lowndes go around me and go after rick kelly if he can't get the move done i want my spot back <laughs> now as it turned out that didn't happen never sorry uh lowndes did agree to it went around him couldn't get the move done on rick kelly and eventually, on the last lap, did relinquish his position back to Shane Van Gisbergen. Now, there's an investigation to this um, at the moment. Is uh, CSI involved? Oh, I don't know, but the, the transcripts are there. I'm not going to read the transcript out. You can go to the V8 Supercar website. The, the, the full transcripts are there, and it's fairly clear 
what they were imposing on doing in, in uh, what they were trying to do. However, I mean, I'll just... I don't have an issue with that at all. I, I think that's look, very I, smart. I think that what do. needs to happen here is that the rules need to change, mm. right? And the only thing you need to worry about is when there's uh, undue and excessive blocking. Yeah. Yep. You know what I mean? If they want to shuffle it around... You know, let's look at the history of the whole touring car deal in mm. Australia. Uh, Peter Brock jumping in a car without a windscreen... You know what I mean? Just well, the, you used to be able to change cars yeah, as well. Yeah, that's what I mean. Get there's, yourself into a sort car of, that was in a better position. And sort of stuff goes on all the time. Um, at the end of the day, this the, the V8 supercars, and they are V8 supercars now. Now that the V6 turbo uh, program is, you know, rest in peace. Well, yeah, it's not looking good for the V6 no. turbo. The so what, what they really need to do is they need to scrap the whole bracket. Yeah, it needs to go. We need like a British touring car series here. Yeah, yeah. Yep. way more exciting to watch. Million overtaking. How how do these? And I'm going to call them what they are: idiots, right? From Tiga or Supercars, whoever the the governing body that that makes these rules up. How do you expect these people to race each other and overtake each other if they've got exactly the same cars? Mm. Yeah, it's just yep. going to be follow the leader. You need to have like the old what made. Bathurst, great. What made the old uh, Touring Car Championship, what was so exciting about it was the fact that you had so many different possible engine and body combinations that some were fast on the straights, some mm. were fast on the corners, some suited some tracks, some suited other tracks. So yeah. you had the possibility for overtaking. Now you've got them all the same. They actually have to... I've been told by one of the engine development companies that they've got this box with the rpm and torque and horsepower and you have to design the engine combination so that it fits within that criteria this is ridiculous isn't it, it is it's really? pathetic it's, it's stupid if they allowed them to take their natural course mm. so you've got the five liter pushrod engines versus the overhead cam mm. engines etc etc you'd end up with engines that have got completely different torque curves or you know whatever and it might actually make it exciting yeah. but right now it's just a joke. I mean, that's why the popularity of, you know, turbo diesel utes racing each other and, and off-road trucks jumping over fake jumps and, you know, it's it really is like the the biggest circus sack in Australia. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Even yeah. bigger than the Derby. Yep. <laughs> well, you and go. you know what? The crowd numbers will prove it. The crowd numbers will prove it. Well, I'll be there on Sunday anyway. For those of you who don't know, the touring cars come to Perth this week, the V8 Supercar Series. Just wanted to touch on as well, Fabian Coulthard got a, a fair uh, rap over the knuckles for his wing being um, out of spec for on the Saturday race. Had to start the race from the rear of the grid. Now, once again, right, this is why I think they're all dickheads. How can you tell someone that's the maximum amount of wing angle you can run? Mm. What, that's a dumb rule. It's like the diff ratios. Yeah. They're fixed diff ratios for certain tracks. What's the engineer's job? Mm. What is the, like, glorified wheel aligner? Yeah, well, there is no... Yeah, that's really <laughs> Actually, exactly the right. wheel alignment's even got to be within spec for Yeah, certain, that's correct, yes. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, come on, boys. You know, one of the biggest talking points from this race was Jamie Winkup's uh, pit lane speed indiscretion, and he, he fessed up to it, and um, he was issued a 30-second penalty. He turned it off too early there was a number of cones on the exit of pit lane and he turned it off at the first cone supposed to turn it off at the second cone he immediately turned it back on again but it was enough to get him over the 40k limit 
and uh, cop the 30-second penalty. That really hurt his, his, his race on yeah. the Saturday. So a bit of advice, mate. Watch the cones. Yep, yep. And watch the birds as well. JC, James James Courtney, a bit of a talking point there. Gave the bird to old Greg Murphy. I don't reckon it was aimed at Greg Murphy. I think it was an ingest to Adrian Burgess. But anyway, I thought it was a bit of light-hearted banter. And the, the splitter issues continue over on the, the new ZB Commodore. The new... Okay, I, I can't... ZB and you in, in the same sentence. The doesn't ZB, fair name. So, yeah, they had massive Mazda issues. 6. Yes. Just call it a Mazda 6, all right? From now on, it's going to be referred to as a Mazda 6. Um, the, I've got a test drive one soon, actually. So, um, they... They had massive problems, especially over at BJR with their shutter, and uh, they've actually damaged a number of front front splitters. Mm. So you're test driving a ZB or a Mazda 6? ZB. ZB. Yep. Yep. <laughs> anyway, on to more exciting racing. The MotoGP, techs, I'm, think, look, I mean, as much as I love the US, I think it's great that we've moved on to, to the... The U.S. races are kind of over because um, the time difference is just killing me. So, oh, watching the races. Well, MotoGP, yeah, yeah. It was on at, at, at um, God, that was an ungodly hour. That one, I actually started watching it, then I turned it off, and I watched. The, I actually managed to watch a replay over the internet. You know, it, it's funny that you complain about this because my typical day now, right, the way it goes is that uh, I get home from work. Have dinner. My wife always has dinner prepared, right? And then fall asleep on the couch, <laughs> right? And then uh, eventually I find my way to bed. I'm not sure. There's something mysterious that happens during the course of the night that I make it from the couch to the bed somehow. Um, and at 3.30, uh, Nicholas wakes up, wants a feed. So I get up, I feed him. I then go to work, <laughs> Do you really? I do, I do, because I get three hours of peace with no one ringing me on the phone. Oh, yeah, well, that's a good point. <laughs> no one coming in to say good day. Yeah, how you going? <laughs> right? And then I go, I go, oh, oh. Not sure what happened then. No, Bit of right. a technical yeah. issue. Um, then then I, uh, I go uh, home and try to time it so that I get the 7.30 feed in. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's pretty good. Have a shower, get changed, go yeah. back to work. Yeah, okay. <laughs> right, so... And, and the thing you've got to realise is most of my parts, or practically all of my parts now, come direct from the US. Mm. So I have to sort of operate between that midnight... Yeah. And, Make your phone calls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah emails, phone calls, etc. Yeah. Oh, that's fair enough. Um, so, yeah, listening to you whinging about watching one race... Yeah. One race... Anyway, Mark Marquez owns this track. No ifs, no buts. They should they should call it the Mark Marquez track. Fair enough. I I look. I mean, <laughs> I thought Andre Iannone had a good crack at him there. I mean, it only lasted a few minutes, uh, but you know that that pass mm. right reminded me of Iannone a few years ago when mm. I nicknamed him Crash Bandicoot. Oh, okay. All right. Well, <laughs> yeah. No. I, Interesting thing out of the race, Jack Miller later came out and said he's actually sustained a shoulder injury riding mountain bikes in California a few days earlier. So, And then he crashed in the final practice, so he had to use the second bike for Q1. So Jack Miller, I think, finished 16th. I've got the results here. Now, Zarco, uh, KTM. Ninth, sorry. That's, that's all. Uh, is, is that a good move? Um, 
I really don't know. But I know that that team that he's leaving is also changing the KTM as well at the end of the year. It just too. it just seems like, you know, he's nearly there. Mm. You know what I mean? He, you'd say he's in the top four, wouldn't you? Yeah, 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 definitely. No, no ifs or buts, really. Yeah. Yep. So, um, yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if that's a... a uh, we'll see. I mean, it is early days for his career, yeah. really, at the end of the day. Yeah. But um, anyway, we'll see what happens. Looking forward to the next round. Yeah. Championships really tightened up in MotoGP. Mm. Yeah. Um, there's only a... It's a very slight point advantage to... Davit- yeah. Yeah, so is in one the lead point one point. Of yeah. Marquez. Then we got on 41 points, uh, Maverick Vinales. Uh, Carl Crutchlow on 38 points. Johan Zarco on 38 and Andre Iannone on 31 and Rossi back there on 29 so I mean all those guys are, are in this this is you know, this is wide open oh yeah for sure this mm. early in the season yep. yeah 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 yep. you, you kind of I think you find that these guys get into a, a bit of a flow a yep. bit later on into the season so it'll be interesting to see um, mm. how it pans out but I mean you know Marquez just he took that from yeah you know wire to wire yeah, it was yep. no, it wasn't really a competition, mm-hmm. yep. um, and you know, it, uh, I think um, it, it'd be good to see Inoni up there, you know. But Suzuki's a relatively new team. Yeah, yeah. They had a big break, mm. so they'll just keep chipping away. Yeah, it'll be good. It'll, and I, I think it's a credit to all the manufacturers how close it really is mm. um, when you consider how many years of development. Yeah, KTM's another one that's relatively new. Yeah, you know, definitely. So, uh, yeah, good to see you. Look forward to the next race. Mm. So, drag racing. Yeah, <laughs> something something that I want to talk about. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> the uh, one took your. There's a lot of there's there was a heap of drag racing that's happened over the the two weeks that we've been in between podcasts. So we had the Spring Nationals at Royal Purple Raceway in Texas, and we also had the Four Wide Nationals. That's the NGK version in Vegas, where we had ProMod as well. Had ProMod at both events. So we saw Erica Enders, that we alluded to in the podcast before. She um, debuted her ProMod car, unfortunately did not qualify. Yeah, you get that. Anyway, Mm. uh, Top Fuel, Brittany... Brittany, yeah, over yes. Terry McMillan. This is the Spring Nationals. It was her first win for the season. Yes, yes. Funny car. We had J.R. Todd over Robert Height. Robert Height was actually the top qualifier, and J.R. Uh, Todd got the job done from number 10. That was awesome. Yeah, but, you know, you can see there the, the strength of the force team. Mm. That's impressive. Two cars in the finals in two different categories. Yeah. Unfortunately, John failed to qualify this meet, so that was that was the interesting one out of that. And we also had at this meet, Dale Worsham has unfortunately parked up his car until they can secure further sponsorship. So at this at this stage, they are parked up indefinitely. And Jim Whiteley. Jim Whiteley and his supercharged Camaro over Rick Horde, his turbo Corvette. And I want to talk about Rick Horde a bit later on. I've added these. You, they're not in your notes. Well, they, they actually, they are in the notes that I printed out for you. But we'll talk about that a bit yeah, later. I wanted to Rick. ask you, have you got a dot matrix printer? <laughs> Dot matrix printer. That's what's going on here. No, that's, that's, I've tried numerous fonts and it prints out like this. <laughs> well, at least I can read these bits. Yeah, yeah. Because okay. <laughs> on mine, so for those of you listening in, what it is is that on the notes it's got the... Uh, highlighted the yellow. The, and yeah, the transcript from... Um, 
from <laughs> the uh, team radios. Um, Shane Van Gisbergen. Yeah, and, um... yeah. And I can't see it because it's just a black line where he's highlighted it. <laughs> but anyway. Never mind. Um, so I don't know if you know or not, but mm. uh, Jim Whiteley mm. um, is connected to Zapier. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They... um. Uh, I can't remember how it works, but um, the B&J guys, mm -hmm. I believe, look after that car. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yep. yep. So, um, good to see him get up. Yeah, he had a win over record. Anyway, we moved over to the four wide nationals at uh, Las Vegas. And Jose Gonzalez, this was the final in Pro Mod. Let's just go through this. It was Jose Gonzalez, turbo car. Against Stevie Fast, supercharged car. Against Ricky Smith, nitrous car. Against Brandon Snyder, another supercharged car. It was a wasn't the quickest field going around, but it was the parity issue. I think may have gone away. There is no issue. Yep. You know this is the the great thing about Pro Mod, uh, just like the old IHRA uh, eight fifteen cube pro stock mm. it's not so much about how much power you're making it's about whether you can get it down on the track or not mm. you yeah. know um they they often adjust rules before they need to yeah you know and the thing the great thing about this class now is because there's so many really talented people in in terms of the um, engineering side of it like al billis and mm. chuck ford and so on making all these fantastic components that when there is a rule change they find a way to step up. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it, it, it like it really is the class to watch at the moment, isn't it? Oh, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. But unfortunately, yeah. our man Stevie Fast. Yeah, he's licked the wall a few times in that in that final. He's gone left, right, and left again. So it was uh, yeah, sorry, the other way around. But he's he's hit that wall pretty hard. He was in hospital overnight and made this on social media this statement i was discharged from the hospital early this morning following an accident on the top end during the finals yesterday at zmax my cat scan and x-rays have come back good i'm just beat up and sore thank you all for your thoughts and prayers we finished second but our horse is wounded ktr and bahrain, bahrain one will be back it was pretty beat up his car yeah pretty beat up yeah so I think it was a bit of a fire there as well, right at the end when it hit the wall the third time. So, yeah, well, look, he's no stranger to crashing and having the car back together in a couple of weeks. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> when that's the shadow true. went over, when yeah. he had the big blowover, that's correct. Yeah. They had the new Camaro. It was yeah. it was almost a seamless transition. It was, yeah. Um, and I think he went out and top qualified, didn't mm, he? At the, yeah. the very next meeting. Yeah, so, that's correct. Yeah. Um, definitely looking forward to seeing uh, him back out on the track mm. and. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, everyone out there that uh, is a Stevie Fast uh, fan, you should get on his website and buy some merchandise. Yeah, yeah. Help the team fund this rebuild. Yep. In other pro mod news, and I don't want to dwell on it too long, but I want to, I want your thoughts. These aren't in your notes. They're in my notes that I printed. I added it in today. But I just want your thoughts on this because you're a door slammer and, and uh, you know, expert on this this sort of stuff. Oh, I wouldn't say I'm an expert. Well, really well, actually, no, I probably am a drip under pressure. <laughs> But anyway, <laughs> a retired drip under pressure. Look, at the four wides, record in qualifying ran 260 mile an hour. So that's a record for, for Pro Mod. That's actually been disallowed because 
as we know, after a record run, the NHRA requests a full examination. Now, Rick has complied with a full examination and even showed him the run data from the data logger. However, he was asked for a hard copy uh, data file, which he has uh, denied them access to that information, claiming that he feels that that's um, intellectual, his intellectual property. I'll just fill you in on a couple of things with Mole and Air, all right? We, we have a very, very primitive system of measuring mile an hour in drag racing. Okay, we, for those of you that don't follow drag racing, the way it works is that along the track, we have a series of, uh, uh, I guess, light rays with receivers. Yep. When, when the beam of light is broken, uh, it triggers the timing system. So as you see the cars go into stage, they break the first beam, that turns on the first bulb, they break the second beam, that turns on the second bulb. The tree counts down, the car takes off. As soon as the tyre rolls out of the beam, it activates the timer. So the car's actually moving before the timer starts, Yeah. right? Then when you get to 60 foot, breaks the beam. Then 3.30, there's usually a speed recorded at some point. So there's usually between 30 and 60 feet. Mm. I, I can't remember the exact measurement. I think it's 30. 30, yeah. okay. So it used to be 60, I believe. I believe in the finish line, it was actually 30 before the finish line and 30 after back in the old days, but it's probably changed. Nonetheless, you're measuring an average between mm. two points, okay? The thing is, though, where the beam is and where the front end of the car is, so whether you break the beam with the tyre or the nose of the car, yeah. right, there's always been a, a point of contention, Okay, now you're seeing the cars now, like radial cars, for example, where they're just about covering the whole track yeah, with the, the front wheels in the air, right? So there's been a lot of talk about this little trick that you do, particularly with the um, torque converter cars, okay? So what you do is you... You, like the, the the rules in Australia, and I'm not 100% sure on the NHRA rules, but the rules in Australia say that you're allowed to activate the lockup once, right, and only once, and only activate it, right? So what some teams have done, which is illegal, it's as simple as that, it's illegal, is that they activate the lockup at some point in the track, right? And then just before the finish line, they release the lockup. Okay, now the car is still accelerating, mm. right? Because the torque converter is still going to, you know, put drive to the back wheels. But what it does is it dips the nose of the car. Okay. So you yep. can go through, if you set your right height right, you've got to play with it to get it at that, you know, point. You'll go through, you'll break the beam with the tyre, the first beam, and then the second beam, the nose will dip and you'll break it. Now, these cars run a 40-inch overhang, mm. right? So 40, heat, 40, 40 inches is uh, 3 feet and 4 inches. Yep. So now your 30-foot measuring point has been reduced, and it makes a ridiculously faster mm. mile an hour because you're not measuring 30 feet anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. You're measuring uh, 27, 27, yeah, yeah 26 points. 26 and a half, yeah. Yeah, and that makes a dramatic... A dramatic difference. Mm. So really, what the NHRA, Andra, IHRA, Thunder, everyone needs to do. Everyone needs to do it. Right? Simple, basic. Piss off that system and put a radar trap at the end of the track. Yeah. 
Yep. That's it's as simple as that. Then the only thing you can cheat is if you if you're you know losing or winning by inches, and the other guy's unfortunate that his car's set up in such a way that it breaks the beam, you know, at this point, and and yours breaks it at a higher point, you know, which really comes mm-hmm. down to setup. Because yeah. I mean, theoretically, if the other guy's breaking the beam with his tire at the top end of the track and you're breaking it with your, with your nose or that plate that they, they the often run. The extension. The, the what? The pecker extension. Pecker extension. Okay, I've never heard it. They yeah. call, that's, that's the what, duck. Is it? The yeah, duck. It the pecker, Pe- pecker extension. Yeah. Okay. All right, whatever. A bit childish. <laughs> whatever it is. Anyway, um, if you time it right, you could potentially win even though you've lost. Mm. But, you know, I guess it is what it is. But really... Using the lights, it's so primitive. Mm. I mean, you know, it's 2018, fellas. Yeah. You know, there's like a radar at every corner traffic lights now. So (laughs) I'm sure we can get one down the track. We've got that high-tech auto shut-off system that um, has has made... And I'll tell you, I'm not real happy with it either. I'll I'll be honest with you. It's made a lot of drivers lazy, as as is in the... uh, uh, Who did the video? Um, Jerry, was it Jerry Pickle? Or? Yeah, yeah. Uh, nah, no, um, Tim McCamus. Tim McCamus, yeah. Right? So the auto shut off, it's got a beam across the track. As soon as you pass that, it shuts the motor, opens the chutes, blah, 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 does all that stuff. Um, I have a problem with that because I've always left my motor running, driven around everyone in the car park that ends up at, at, at the end. And, and part of the reason I do that is because I can't afford to change the exhaust valves. <laughs> and if you let the motor run for a little bit, it takes any heat that's in the exhaust valves out because the only time the valves actually lose their heat is when they touch the seat yeah okay right? yeah of course so if you shut the motor down and the valves open you know it's not really a good thing but i was discussing this with brian from outlaws the other day because i said to him you know if i go back to door slammer i'm going to fit that stupid system on there because some other idiot forgot to shut their motor down or something you know what i mean like yeah. at the end of the day if your shoots work right then it's the car's going to stop regardless yeah. of whether the driver does it or an uh, automated system you know autom- automated 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 system yeah. yeah so i don't you know i think you you're rewarding bad drivers but anyway nonetheless he said no no just leave the fuel shut off on and and that'll you know and just let it like coast around the corner the engine's mm. still turning. So I think he might be right, but I'm wondering whether that's part of the auto shut-off that it shuts the fuel off as well. I don't know. I haven't got one. Yeah. I don't want to get one. Nah, fair enough. I'm going to try and stay away from classes that require it. <laughs> anyway. Getting back to record, I mean, just to just to cover off there, it was technical. It was basically data, tune-up data that he didn't want to relinquish to yeah, the Yeah, but if he's doing something like that and they didn't spot it, I mean, the people that are doing it... I know that the rules people have looked at their data and haven't picked up on it because they're idiots, basically. Yeah, but even if, even let, let's just say he believes that that's his, that's his tech, you know, he, that's intellectual nah, property. Nah. Who are the Le- NHRA going to share it with? Listen, they're listen. not going to share it with a competitor. It, it's regardless, okay, if you're entering into that bracket to run. Okay, you have to abide by the rules. If the rules say that they get a copy, that's the way it is. But the thing is, they're probably getting a copy because no one there on the day was smart enough to go, yeah. was he cheating or not? It just seemed like, a, you know, like the conditions weren't there for that run. Mm. But you can you can run mile an hour if you set your car up to run mile an hour. There's a You've got to understand that drag racing is basically 
um, very simple physics. You know, you've got a mass, it's yep. a given weight, and you're accelerating it for a, a given distance. Now, there's this energy formula that basically, so, so picture it this way, a mass traveling at a velocity mm. is a given amount of e kinetic energy, yep. right? It's there, it's, it's that has got now that energy had to get there somehow mm. right and it's gotten there through you burning methanol at the other end of the car and and driving it through there yeah right now the the that energy that you're creating with the engine that energy over time is the amount of work that you've done mm. right and you've applied that work on the mass yep and that mass has ended up with a terminal velocity Right? And that's that's how that energy's gotten there. You've gotten this heavy weight and you've got it up to this speed. So the physics behind it say that if you do uh, the same amount of energy over a longer period of time, you'll do more work. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you have that energy, so if you run a slower ET, right, but yep. you're still making all that power, you've done more work. You look at the other side of the formula, the mass times the velocity, mm. Well, the mass is the same, so what's going to change? The velocity is going to get faster. Yep. So if you do, a, you, you can actually set your car up to do a slow ET, but a fast mile an hour. Yep. Alternatively, you could just cheat, mm -hmm. and that'll give you a fast mile an hour. We've seen it happen here, uh, and uh, I'm sure it happens all around the world. Uh, you know, you don't pay crew chiefs a lot of money to not find a way of cheating really i mean you know it might be legal today but it might be the first guy came out with traction control in motor racing at the time there probably wasn't a rule stopping mm. it yeah. you know what i mean and yeah. then they they made it illegal and nowadays i don't even think half the rule makers worry about whether you got traction control or not because it's so hard to police yeah, that's right yep. you know so this is no different uh, i could look at the data right whether it's nhra ihra thunder whatever and i can see what's going on but I'm unique in the fact that I've I've done the the tuning, the chassis tuning, the transmission building, the torque converter building. I understand what the the RPM trace needs to look like. I can see the difference between a clutch locking up and a gear shift, uh, and that's only because I've been exposed to so many different areas of the car. And there's other people like me, but they're never going to uh, get guys like us to check the data yeah. because they know that. Half the races that are racing uh, are going to, you know, nah, sorry, mate, that's illegal. No, you can't have one of them. Nah, that's too close to this. I don't know. <laughs> well, he relinquished the data. The data he relinquished, but he didn't relinquish the tune-up. Anyway, this will this will pan out in the coming days. I think they are working towards a solution, the record team and the NHRA as we speak. It Was it a turbo car? Yes. Okay, Call so you know, you know what they're looking for? No. The boost. Yeah, okay. Because they're limited boost. They're 38 pounds mm. limited boost, yep. right? So the boost, number one. Number two, the intake temperature. Yep. Right? Because they're not intercooled. But the, the data, they had access to the data. There's, there's, no, there's no discrepancy. Yeah, there. but, but, but hang up. on. Seeing the data, mm. right, from the race pack, Yep. okay, where I can poke a hole in one of the sensor lines or manipulate it, isn't the same as seeing the tune-up data. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, what but, you... yeah, I, I do. I do know what you mean, and that's where they've come unstuck here. But how do we work around that? Then we need to 
isn't the tune-up data? Don't you think NHRA? That's the no, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think that they need to be a professional organisation and make sure that no one else ever gets to see that data. Oh, I'm sure they wouldn't. I'm sure they wouldn't uh, disclose that data to a competitive. But, but as far as I'm concerned, the competitor has to relinquish it. You know, if they don't want to relinquish it. Mate, there is a, a classic example of this sort of thing going on in NASCAR. Mm. Um, now, I forget the guy's name. He's one of the commentators now, or his brother's one of the commentators now in NASCAR. And basically, he had nitrous oxide in his car. Mm -hmm. Okay, So he had a nitrous bottle stitched into his um, uh, suit, driving suit yep. uh, leg. And once he got the car up to speed, he just cracked the bottle open a little bit and made the air a bit nicer. <laughs> And, um, you know, went out there and qualified really well, a lot higher than he would normally qualify. And that made everyone go, what the hell, you know? How did he get there? What's going on? So uh, Bill France, I think, is, yep. is the guy that owns NASCAR. He basically gave him the ultimatum. He said, listen, um, you got two choices, right? One is uh, you tell me what you're doing, right? And we don't disqualify you, but you start rear a grid. The other one is we strip the car. Even if we don't find it, you won't have enough time to put the car back together. And that's the kind of, you've got to have that kind of attitude. It's like, I'm the governing body. We're doing this my way or the highway. The yep. thing is, though, just like in football, soccer, etc., you've got to have fairness in the umpiring. Mm. right? So you can't have one team attacked and then another team, they just turn a blind eye to. And yep. that, unfortunately... I don't know about the NHRA, but certainly in Australia, I've seen that over and over and over again mm. where they'll let, you know, teams... I mean, look, the Thunder 400 rules actually states that regardless of another, if another team is running a particular body style, you may not necessarily be allowed to run it. Yeah, yeah. So they've, they've written uh, this... Yeah, what's the word I'm looking for here? It's not racism... It's not sexism, dragism. <laughs> They've written this, this uh, you know, really biased rule uh, that basically says, well, you know, we don't care. Yeah. We're going to run it how we want, which is dumb. You can't have that. How's that going to bring people into the sport? Yeah. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, look, I reckon he's got to relinquish it. It's as simple as that. Yep. Anyway, we'll, we'll see how that one pans out. And the other thing is, why, why is he hiding it? He believes he doesn't need to hand it over. On what premise? It's his intellectual property. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, all our war has broken. Radial promoters have gone to war. Radial promoters have gone to war. It's, you make is, it sound like there's thousands of them. There's like two. There's, there's three of them. There's actually, no, there's, there's actually two. There's, there's two. two. Yeah, two. You're right. Because radio racing's that big. I know. <laughs> Anyway, look, it started a couple of weeks ago with the Outlaw Streetcar Reunion held at Tulsa Park, uh, where we had... <laughs> this is how interested Simon is in this discussion. Anyway, I'm going to... I'm gonna, I'll, I'll set the table. I will set the table. So this event is run by Tyler Crosno and Mark Samples. They're also known as Southern Speed Promotions. Uh, Tyler's the son of the late Tim Crosno, and he's a seasoned track prep and electronics guru and he's also a race promoter so tyler at the outlaw streetcar reunion he held radial versus the world limited drag race radial ultra street mx235 x275 28 inch no time recorded 
And he's the kicker, Midwest, the Pro Mod Series. Yeah, because he needed some cars that people wanted to watch. <laughs> there was 30 cars that entered. Now, th- th- this this was... The whole this... event? <laughs> no. <laughs> but look, this was promoted by, by Tyler, and, and also it was backed by Keith Haney. So the Duck has taken exception to this and feels like... He, what he feels like, he by bringing in a pro mod as a separate series to a radial meet, it waters down radial versus the world. Let, let's just have a listen to the Duck, what he had to say. Am I a little irritated? Yeah, I'm a f- irritated. So let me go ahead and just tell you why. So I have people, Monty Miko, three or four years ago, piggybacked the f- out of my shit to be able to put on this small tire race. Then I get Tyler Crossbolt there, and he piggybacked the shit out of my race. Supposed to be an all-radial race is what it was supposed to be. Here comes Keith Haney. You can barely see the little sawed-off midget. And all of a sudden now, Midwest Pro Monster. No, it's a name that you made, and then you piggyback the and and just hop right on the back of somebody who's got a successful race to throw your shit in there and really it all up. I went and bought two f-ing tickets for me and Stephanie to fly to Oklahoma. And you know what? I called up Haney to find out, hey, where are you going to be at, buddy, when I get there? He thinks he's f-ing Tiger Woods. That motherfucker floor in the middle of his f-ing radial race. He's in f-ing Florida playing Tiger Woods with some mother or something. He's 150 years old. He's not at the f-ing track where he's supposed to be after he's supposed to promote his shit that he's supposed to do. Ferris made the pro mods look stupid as if I had a pro mod from the Midwest and I was in that race there and I saw that stock Corvette off the showroom floor with no wheelie bars run faster than my shit I'd have packed up my shit and got the out of there already anyway all right so that was that was um that was the duck now let's just have a listen to Keith Haney's response to all of this I don't get your crybaby is what I don't get I just don't get it and you just mad that all the pro mods, there was 33 on the property. 33. That's for the Midwest guys, no matter how you say it. So, Donald, if you're on here, we'd like to know why you're so And I played that song for you the other day when this all started. I want to know why you're so on a fact that Tyler was smart enough, educated enough, to be able to figure out the math and figure out, you know what? That Midwest Pro Mod Series is going to make me some money. You know what it's going to cover up? It's going to cover up some losses in some other areas, I'm sure. That's what a smart businessman does. He says, well, I can make money on this class, and it covers up, but yet I can still keep that class going. So to me, that's just what you call being smart. He just, again, you know, it's kind of wasting my air space, but Donald Long just jealous. He just jelly. That's what I call it. Then you got Phil Schuler over there and Stevie Jackson, them boys over there, want to say that the, that the, uh, whatever that shadow crap 2.0 is a stock wheelbase and it, uh, non probot. Well, it may be a stock wheelbase, perfectly fine, but it's still a freaking probot. No matter what you say, it's probot. Who built it? It didn't come from the factory, it's a probot. It doesn't have factory doors with damn metal or, or, it's it's a pro mod, no matter how you look at it. So, 
That was Keith Haney. That you know, you know, I don't often agree with anything that Keith Haney says, but I agree one hundred percent. Yeah, and and this is the thing, like the duck going on about how the the pro mods were made to look stupid by the radial cars. Mm. What the duck needs to fess up is number one, the rules governing what you can and can't do in the pro mod class. This is like pro extreme versus pro boost. Yep. Right. And, you know, and, and that's the thing. Like, if the guys want to start taking cheap shots at... Uh, if the radial guys want to take cheap shots at Pro Mod, then let's look at what the Pro Boost cars run. Because, you know, they're basically very similar rules in terms of the engine power adders and so on, C-rotor blowers, etc., etc. And they're, they're two-tenths quicker on go tracks. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're going to eventually see a, uh, uh, a Pro Extreme car running running in the in the um a three three thirty mm. sort of range very very soon and maybe even in the three twenties. Yeah. You know? Uh, when you look at the uh PDRA, the uh pro boost cars are actually NHRA uh legal cars. Fourteen seventy one, limited overdrive, etc mm. etc, et minimum weight, so on. So I think that was a bit of a cheap shot to say that, you know, the radial cars yeah. You know, we're, we're making them look stupid because they're entirely different. The other thing is, too, that the track prep for a radial car is specific to a radial car. So you might be able to run a number with a radial car on a radial track. That's great. But the reality is that that track only suits that type of car. If you go to a, just a normal NHRA meeting or a normal Andrew meeting, and try and run your radial car, you're going to be whinging about how the track's no good. Well, mm. no, the track's probably very good. It yeah. just doesn't suit the radial. So, you know, I don't know. The, look, the, the whole radial thing, I think what scares him is that if... It, and this is the thing, like, what makes door slammer racing so good to watch is that if you get through a run and you shake or, you know, the thing does something, whatever, wheel stands, whatever... You can smack that throttle and carry on, particularly with a blown or a nitrous car. Mm. Right? Maybe not so much with a turbo car. They lose the wheel speed in the turbo and the, the runs are boarded. Radial car goes up in smoke. That's the end of the run. Yeah. You're not going yeah, to... Pe- there's no pedal fest in radial racing, mm. right? Radial car doesn't hold that perfect balance where it's got all that weight transfer in the rear end, front wheels are in the air, It's it's got the tyre planted. It doesn't hold it. It can't run fast. It all is like watching a, a game of mousetrap, yeah. you know? And that's sort of not what makes this sport exciting because you look at Mark Mickey's 362 or his 221, they look boring. Mm, they look yeah. absolutely boring. And the thing is, you'll be at the edge of your seat with a nitro car in a pedal fest or a door mm. slammer in a pedal fest, right? You watch the crowd, and this is something I, everyone should do, Watch the crowd when there's a radial race. There's nothing that happens until the scoreboard lights up. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? You don't see that with the other classes, and that's where these radial guys are kind of got it wrong. You're mm. waiting for that number. I could put any friggin' number up there. Yeah. I could put 1.2 seconds. What are you going to... You're going to be in shock or are you going to cheer? You know, it doesn't mean the car ran it, you know? So it's a bit of a silly... I don't know. And, and the thing is that now what we're seeing here... Is, is we're seeing the beginning of the end. Because if they start fighting and promoters start going, you know what, well, we've got, we got a good outcome from having those pro mod cars. Maybe the next event, 
you know and if the numbers if you get that that two or three cars that are like a tenth two tenths ahead of everyone else you know you, and you're going to start seeing other guys going oh you know let's just bolt some big tires on the car yeah, yeah. you know what i mean yeah look i don't think in fairness to tyler i don't think he bought too much into the discussion and um and, and has moved on I, I and i think the duck has since there was a, another video he put on last week earlier this week sorry and uh he didn't apologize but i think he's back down from his aggressive stance at this stage so no still roof and quarter panels is where it's at mm, yep. the, these guys and mark mickey's car is still roof and quarter panels mm, yep that's the future that yep. doesn't matter what tire run whatever tire you want you want to put 26 inch bicycle tires on it go mm. for it yep trying to have these classes i mean this all started because the guys weren't fast enough so they went oh well i'm running a 235 oh, okay but now they're all throwing they're all million dollar cars let's mm. face it there yeah. isn't a car that runs in any of these classes that is a budget build no nah. it's not like the old days where you got your you know your scat cranked big block with a, a plate system on it you know what i mean like no. those days are, yeah those days are gone mate yeah. this is all billitos yeah. full billitos all right on the limiter let's just chuck that in here right now This week, we had a number of footy personalities comment on the surface of Optus Stadium. I don't want to talk about footy. They had the Nitro Circus being held there on the Sunday, which was one week prior to the, the Derby, which was basically a week ago. So a number of football identities had uh, opposition to that and uh, felt that it wasn't appropriate having a, this sort of event at, at a footy oval. I've got a newsflash for those guys. When the AFL foots the bill for a stadium, then they can dictate who runs at those events and who can be there prior to a football game. Now, as it turned out, um, a number of football commentators were invited to the event <laughs> and ticked off on it, and, and they felt that it was the, the, the Nitro Circus took the appropriate steps to protect the surface. I don't know if you saw any imagery or some of the video from the Nitro Circus at all. It was basically whole the whole event was held down on one of the wings. It was it wasn't even on the you know it was on such a small part of the the surface that it wasn't even worth commenting on really in in retrospect. So I think those that are in football need to worry about football. Football, not the Nitro Circus. <laughs> I think I think those that are in football are worrying about out of court settlements for five yeah, figures. Um, we had episode two of the XY Falcon Hell uh, released on Sunday. A lot of commentary. And I'd yeah. really like to thank all these people that are coming to it. I need to talk to you off air. There's been some generous donations once again. So Yeah, the, the um, uh, Palazzo rang me today. Oh, yeah. He's going, yeah. I'm pumped, boy. I'm pumped. <laughs> <laughs> so I just want to cover off on some of our sponsors that are helping us out. That All Fast, that's yourself, All Fast Torque Converters, WA Suspensions, Monster Torque, CRD Nitrous, Taps Race Pipes, and we've also got a number of donations coming in from people that are helping us out with the build as well, which we need to get back to. Yeah, and uh, we've got a new sponsor mm -hmm. uh, because we were let down so badly by Sonax. Uh, Ooh, now, that it's, <laughs> now that it's a, uh, a uh, Warren Buffett company. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, just got bought out. Just really? got bought out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
Transmission Specialties Australia. Uh, they've come on board, okay. and um, we will as soon as I get some time to work on the car. So you know, for those of you that don't know, and anyone that's been to the workshop does know, um, the reason that I'm starting at three in the morning is because I've got that many transmissions on the go at the moment. It's ridiculous. So um, uh, we will be doing a build for the Power Glide on this and covering um, all the transmission specialties components that goes into it. And um, those components are all available and their transmissions uh, in Australia now. Oh, um, excellent. There'll be some contact details made available at some point in time. Uh, it's a new venture for them, yep. getting getting into the Australian market. You know, we, we've always supported their products, but um, they want to have a good stab at it. And, yep. uh, you know, they're probably one of the industry leaders now with the uh, Power Glide components, and they've got their Turbo 400 stuff coming on, on board as well. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, yeah, it's a, a good thing. I'm hoping that we're going to get some, some time to work on it uh, over the next few weeks. Obviously, mm. now we'll be aiming for next season with both yep. the Camry and the um, mm. uh, and the XY. Yep. And, um, you know, we, I mean, it's, it, we can't sort of, you know, take a break because it just creeps up on you so quickly. Oh, especially you know? the off-season. You know, yeah. the off-season is one of those seasons that it's, it's not the off-season very no. long. And, no. You know, October... Well, October, where you're racing, so September well, you need to be ready, and August you need to be finished. So. I thought that I would have uh, a bit of a break transmission-wise, and now I've got all the people that are getting ready for next season dropping their yeah. transmissions off. So, yep, it's um, and anyway. you're probably going to have an influx of drag week people as well. Sorry, drag challenge people. Yeah, actually, well. speaking of which, we're actually. Um, I've got a couple of transmissions there that we're um, doing some development work mm. at the moment. Um, some cool stuff um, coming out and, you know, a bit excited to be working with these new companies and uh, that they've chosen us to um, to help them yep. uh, develop and test some of this stuff. So, and we're going to be working with a couple of the Drag Challenge teams. Oh, excellent. Uh, yeah, so it should be good. I mean, um, I'd like to get over there myself, but there's just not enough time. Yeah. Again, again, you know, it seems mm. like it's like that every, um, yeah. every yep. year. Um, yeah, so I don't know if you heard, Nick, that the, the um, WA police are looking at some um, uh, new technology now. Mm -hmm. um, they believe that the, the car chase uh, epidemic, let's call it, has gotten out of control. So they're looking at um, using the American uh, technique of spinning the cars out. And they also believe that that they have some technology that will be able to disable engines yeah, okay. from a distance. Yep. Um, now, I'm not sure what that involves. I've got some ideas, hmm. right? So I don't know who the, the acting or the current commissioner is, but, you know, you could try Chris shooting... Chris Dawson? Chris Dawson. Mm -hmm. to, well, from Dawson's Creek? Yep. Yep. Okay. So you could try shooting the engine. <laughs> that could work. But I'm very interested to see what this electronic device is because the only thing that I can think of is... Uh, it's called a, a, a shunt, I believe. Yep. Um, you would probably remember this from back in the day. Um, so they, they used it in Oceans 12 or Oceans mm. 13 or something. And, uh, you know, it's a hypothetical uh, electron blast yep. that disables anything um, electronic. Now, the thing is, I don't think it's directional. No, I don't think they are. So no. if no. the W... And that's the only thing I can think of that could possibly shut a car down, mm. um, you know, electronically. Yeah. 
if they decide to use it and you're in the vicinity, mm. it's going to smoke yeah, everything. like everything. Mm. Your phone, yeah. <laughs> your, your car's ECU, the alternator. Yeah, the laptop. Could yeah, laptop if it's in in mm. the car. Mm. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm very interested to see this technology and to try and be near a car chase so I yeah. can sue the government. <laughs> hey, speaking of the police department, I've seen them in their new Hyundai. Well, you shouldn't call them Hyundai's because they're not branded Hyundai's, but this there's the Genesis. Yes, yeah, yes. I've seen them now. Mark's now car. I saw the um, the early inception of this. Mm. Um, Oh, geez, it'd be three years ago. Yep. They had one on uh, Murray Street, all dressed up in the WA Police livery. The Genesis. Oh, it's just branded yeah. Genesis. Yeah, yeah, so it is a Hyundai then. They're yeah. not trying to hide the fact that it's... No, but there's no brand. I've actually been in one, not the police version, but an Uber version, and it was. Um, it's, it's not a bad car, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, yeah. It's not available in V8 as far as I know in Australia, no. but it is in a, in America. Mm. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. All right, on that note, we will wind this one up. All right, if you're listening to us, you can get us on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, uh, Facebook, YouTube, um, Podbean, SoundCloud, and also on Facebook. Now, if you can also ask, you get onto our YouTube channel and subscribe. That would be really great as well. That we just need the subscriptions up there. They're a bit down at the moment. The YouTube, but our Facebook page is just ticking along nicely. YouTube's gone, Nick. Yeah, YouTube. it's not looking YouTube's good for them. YouTube's like is the it? taxi industry. Yep, it's not looking good, is it? But anyway, <laughs> Instagram. It's all about Instagram now. Yeah, we're on Instagram as well. I don't update Instagram as often as I should. But oh, you I, need to. Yeah. You need to be posting something every thirty seconds, Nick. What are you doing? Yeah, no, it's like every 30 days just about at the moment. <laughs> yeah, you so. know, I, I never get on Facebook, right? Basically, if you go to the office, uh, you'll see the computer is, is on the all-fast inbox, mm. right? Just so, you know, if we get... Because a lot of people use Facebook to make inquiries for talk yeah. converters and so on and so forth. Um, so I'll, I'll check it maybe once a day. Yeah. Um, maybe I'll go a couple of days without checking it. But you know the little globe thing in the corner to tell you the activity? Mm, yep. well, it was funny. Today, in the afternoon, when I was downloading the uh, notes and printing them out, I, I um, scrolled through the windows that were open and the Facebook one was open. And the little globe had a little two next to it. Right? Normally, it's got 99 plus. Right? <laughs> You've rolled it over. <laughs> I was thinking, gee, there wasn't much going on out there in the Facebook world. Now, do you think that that's because... Everyone's a bit nervous about what's been happening, the data being shared. And... It is a worry. I think there's a lot of people getting off. There is a lot of people getting off. I'm sure there's a lot of people getting off, but what about Facebook? <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah, that, that, it's, it's of a certain concern, no, no doubt about that. I, 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 ju I think that... I, I believe that it was never really a good thing, mm. you know, because... See, there's, there's this thing that they... Uh, the study that's been done recently... And, and it's with regards to, um, uh, okay, so that, what they did was they, they compared um, the reaction that you get when you take drugs or drink alcohol or post something on social media and get a like, right? So your body reacts the same way. Oh, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. So when you get a you get a bit of a buzz, you know, yep. just like if you have a drink or you you know pop some pills or whatever. Mm. Okay, endorphins, dopamines, blah blah blah. Well, I don't know technical terms, but what they're saying is that uh, they don't let you do 
the alcohol until you're 18 because when you're under 18, um, because you get that buzz, chances are you're just going to go and have some more. You don't mm. understand self-control. Um, I think Facebook, you know, falls into that realm and maybe we should have like a, a Facebook Anonymous social media anonymous or something i don't know what worries me about facebook is the number of uh, the amount of young kids getting onto it and i don't you know yeah you know, but you know it's funny because they can't talk to each other face to face no that's right you know yeah. i've found it that uh you know if i get a millennial coming to buy a tour converter they like to do the whole deal without actually ever seeing you yeah they'll yeah. send someone else to pick it up yeah be like don't you want to know what you <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> I can imagine in your industry you'd get a lot of those sort of people. Well, they just don't. Through, they're yeah. very intimidated face to face. Yeah, it's yeah. um, it's quite it's quite funny because you know that's when you really you sort of get the hey listen you know you mm. should run this shock or you should do this yeah. or you know whereas it's like okay you've got the high store now do you know what to do with it <laughs> what's the next step you know. <laughs> And if you're going to get a workshop to do the work, yeah. like to install it, then you should probably get them to organise it too so yeah. that you end up with the right mm. one, you know. Yeah. But, yeah, I've, I've noticed I've actually I've gone up to people in cafes where there's a big group and they're out, they're out for a coffee and no one's talking to each other. And I've, I've tapped, tapped them on the shoulder and gone, hey, are you guys having a conversation on Messenger? Because, <laughs> you know... You could have done that at home. You didn't, I know. To, you didn't need to all meet. It's a sad world we're living in, isn't it? <laughs> all right, on that note, we'll wind this one up. Simon, thanks for coming in. Thanks, Nick. All right, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. <laughs> Sand oh. straight. Says. <laughs> Talking power, stresses, all characters and events on this podcast, even those based on real people, are entirely fictional. All celebrity voices are impersonated poorly. We do not encourage street racing or the use of turbochargers.